Earlier, we discussed the three parts of the brain, the neocortex, the limbic brain, and the cerebellum. And each one of those was associated with a, a given function, neocortex with thought, the limbic with feeling, and the cerebellum with being. And that also correlated with thinking, doing, and being. So upon further reflection of this concept and integrating it within my own experience, I've discovered that correlation between, between the intellect and the, the doing and the, and the being. And so if you think of this, this is why it's so important, the information that you consume, especially something like reading. And I think back again to the science of getting rich, and he, Wallace Waddles makes a point of saying, do not study anything else if you study this system. Don't look into other systems associated with this, as you'll set up mental cross-currents, or something to that effect. And what's interesting is this, is this makes sense in that if you think about it in the way that three brains operate, that's exactly what's happening. So if you think about the neocortex or the executive function, the front part of your brain, it's your, it's fed with, with knowledge, basically your, your five senses that are going in. And one of them is obviously seeing and reading and, and analyzing. And then what happens after that, they say, is the, that knowledge goes to your limbic brain, also called the chemical brain, and produces a chemical or a feeling. And so if you remember, feeling is to the limbic system what, what, what knowledge is to the, the neocortex. And so after you learn that knowledge intellectually, it's going to create a corresponding feeling or, or experience that will allow you to gain that feeling. And so if you're reading divergent things, you're going to be getting divergent experiences, which, which is okay if that's what you're going for. But if you're trying to have an objective, whether that objective is getting, getting rich or getting well or being great, but you're reading things that are contrary to that, you're going to be in this, this kind of loop going, going back and forth. And so there's, it's almost like there's a purification that needs to happen when you do this. And so you look at your, the various information you're consuming with your five senses. And especially if you read a lot, like I do, and you say, well, what am, what am I reading? What am I spending time with? And is it consistent with this overall theme or is it not? And so things are either working with you or they're working against you. And if you start looking at everything with that lens and you have that intention, then you start, then you can start paring away that which is incongruent and adding to it that which is congruent. And then you'll, in a way, you're creating a magnet there. You're, it, it's going to get stronger and stronger over time. But if you have things that are divergent, what's going to happen is it's going to start, it's going to weaken your magnet and it's going to kind of divide itself. It's the house divided or the, the brain divided, if you think about it in that way. And so if you, if you consider that for, further, it's almost like you analyze everything you do. And so right before you do it, you can ask yourself the question, is this in line with my intention? And so if you go back to the book, he talks about the, again, the, we'll go back to the competitive plane and the creative plane. 
And you look at everything you do and you say, well, this information I'm consuming, this book I'm reading, does it place my mind in the creative plane, the cooperative plane, or the competitive plane? Is it, does it teach that I can create onto myself and that I do not need to compete with others to do that? Or does it teach that I need, that there's finite resources and I need to compete with others in order to get those resources? And if you look at all the books you read and you do that and you pair them away, it should strengthen that one philosophy in you and then also strengthen the corresponding experience or feeling you're going to get associated with that. And so, for example, if you're wanting to experience a world of abundance and cooperative effort and, and just overall good feeling or perceived as good if that's what your, that's what your objective is, then it's going to keep, it's going to bring that in your life faster and in a stronger way. But if you're reading things that are competitive in nature, then what's going to happen is it's going to do the opposite. And you're going to start experiencing a world of competition and lack and, and dog eat dog and that sort of thing. And this is why when you talk with others, if you have a certain philosophy or something that you, that you're um, in tune with, and you've been learning, especially in a focused way, and you try to explain it to somebody else or convince them, it very seldom works. It's not, it's not really worth the, the effort. And this is why it's best to just to serve as an example and allow others to come to you and say, well, you're license proving. What, what are you doing? And then they can, you, can, you can tell them, but then they could take it or leave it. But if you try to convince them, they're, they're running a different program. Or if you think of a philosophy as an operating system, they're, if you're running a Mac OS and they're running a, a PC or Windows, you know, there's a compatibility issue there. And so it's, it's, for the most part, it's best just to stick with your, your OS unless you're going there for a specific reason. So this is, this is that part with that. Now, there was something else interesting that showed up in my experience that I had considered was I was considering a lot of reading because Waddles recommends, you know, that. He said, don't study some of these things. And some of the things he mentions I'd studied and continued to, to some extent. And I thought, boy, I would miss doing that. But then when I understood the why over time that I'm beginning to understand it, I'm beginning to see the importance of, of removing that stuff. Um, just like to build a new structure, you have to remove the, the old debris or the old, the old structure in order for the new thing to, to come up. And so something else I considered was I enjoy mobile games to some extent on my phone. They're a good decompression over time. Or if I, want, if I read too much and get over what I consider is oversaturated with information or, or the, the power or the energy associated with it, that I like to kind of take a, a diversion and, and go on a mobile device and just play a game for a few minutes. Well, I noticed some of the games I was playing were based heavily in polarity and competition. And even though I might not play them in that way, they might be like considered like you know, like medieval war games and things of that nature. And, and what would happen is they had that theme of, okay, there's, you know, the game is that you have, you know, you're against everybody else. You might be able to join up in teams with other people, but you're still against other, other teams. And there's a finite amount of resources on the board and you collect some, and, but then there's less for others. And when I started thinking about this, I'm like, wait a minute, this permeates this this is a philosophy, basically. And I noticed, too, the individuals I interacted with in those games were more aggressive and more dominating in that way or attempted to dominate. Even if they couldn't do it, they just had that way. And if they joined you with you and worked with you, they had a thing of saying, well, let's go take this from somebody else. 
But it, you, tr you might try to explain and say, well, you don't need to. You can play it in this other way. There's lots of stuff over here. You could do this stuff. Why even bother getting involved in a, in a back and forth? And, and this is a good way of seeing the law of karma play out if you play any of those types of games, is if, if you initiate at a hostile action, one will usually come back. But if you don't, you can usually build pretty quietly and very quickly without that. And so it's counterproductive. And so what I've discovered myself is that it's probably best to remove those types of games and find something else. Perhaps just a game where I'm building or creating without, um, without the interference or, or any kind of lack um, involved in that or disharmony in, in that way and just allow that to, um, to happen. The other thing I noticed about those types of games um, is that they kind of embed you in clock time. In that if you think uh, many of these, if you're familiar with them, are, are based on you know, building something or training an army or researching a technology. And there's a clock time associated with it. So you might have like two hours. And so what would happen is you might set, you'd either pay to accelerate the time or you would actually just allow it to, um, to go down. And maybe you might set a time, an alarm for yourself for two hours. Well, what I started noticing in myself is I was like, well, I would start being drawn into these games and then you would set the time and you're like, well, it's harmless, but if on further investigation, I don't think that's true because I think what happens is it further embeds you in clock time, which is if if you're if you're really trying to live in cyclic time through the celestial bodies and so on and so forth, and remove yourself from clock time, it's counterintuitive because it's kind of pulling you back in. And the more it does it, the more you're going to be in there. And if you're thinking that that that's what your brain's doing, if it's taking in information and creating a feeling associated that you take an action based on, and then you do it over and over and over again, and that becomes your reality. Well, if you're constantly monitoring clock time, even if it's on a game, that's, that's going to happen. So that's something else to consider investigating. You know, that's something I'm doing right now is like, okay, investigate. What am I reading? What am I doing? What are my intentions for 2020? It's a new decade. This is a good time to, to rebuild something um, or to build something new. And then see if I start going down this path or new pat or old patterns starting to show back up. And if so, disengage and do something new. And then see, well, what are these intentions? And then every action I take, step outside myself and analyze it. Is this consistent? Is it not? If it's consistent, then you go with it. And if it's not, you don't. An example of this is um, recently I, I started, I, for some reason, you know, I, I still eat a limited amount of meat in my diet, but... I notice it doesn't make me feel good anymore as I'm, as I'm purifying over time. And so for a few days, I, I didn't eat it for some reason, and I don't remember why. Maybe it just wasn't, it wasn't served to me or it just wasn't there, and I just got away from it. Well, then I was asked, um, well, okay, what do you want for dinner tonight? And do you want, you know, I, I have chicken, do you want that? And I said, you know, no, I'll just have, I'll have the sides. Or maybe it was turkey, it was left over from a holiday. And we said, well, do you want turkey? And I'll say, you know what, I'll just have the sides. When I ate the sides, I felt better than eating the turkey itself with the turkey. And so then I said, well, you know what, I'm going to do this another day, if it's an option. You know, unless, unless you know, make the best choice you can based on, based on the intention. And I said, well, my body feels better when I do this, but then it, does, it feels worse if I do this other action. So I'm going to take the action that makes me feel better and see if I can do it. Well, sure enough, I didn't have any corresponding weakness or any, um, any um, say, perceived bad effects after, for not eating the meat. And I said, well, why wouldn't I just do this again if I had the option? So I kept doing it again and again. Well, then I took the option of taking a Google note. And I said, you know what, 2020, list of intentions, you know, um, 
remove, remove meat from my diet or, or something to that effect. But it was that intention. So it's interesting because never, every time I'm asked now, they'll say, well, do you want, do you want meat? And I said, no, I'm, I'm going to have, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll do without it and I'll just have the sides. And there was one day I was tempted because one of my favorite foods, it was like chicken parm or something. Yeah, that's, that's what it was. It was like, well, do you want just spaghetti with, with red sauce or do you want, you know, or I can make you chicken parm. I said, well, and I thought, I said, no, I'll just have, I'll just have spaghetti, spaghetti with red sauce. But then I thought about it. I'm like, oh, chicken parm would be really good. And then, but then something caught me and I was like, you know, don't do it. You're not going to feel good after you do, after you do it. You're going to feel heavy and bloated and it's not going to feel, it's not going to feel as good. And so then I went back and looked at, and I said, besides, what, are, what is my intention for this, this, this year or this decade? And I looked at it and I said, ah, oh. and these are only things I'm holding myself to, but there's still, it's interesting. Once you write the intention and you make every little decision about it, it gets better. Now, I don't know how many days it's been since then. It's kind of happening automatically now. Like, um, I'm not asked, and it just sort of happens. Something interesting, you know, and, and that tends to happen when you, when you do that and, and set the intention and just allow that to happen, especially if you make that intention known to other people. When they ask you and you tell them, no, no thank you, I'm, this is my intention, they're going to do this. And, and it was interesting because... I wasn't going to necessarily set the intention, but now I remember how that came about. I was just, I just didn't really feel like eating meat those few days. And then all of a sudden I was, I was asked, you know, um, I said, you know, I'm not sure if I'm going to eat this or not. And I was asked, well, is your intention to remove meat from your diet? And I thought about it. I said, well, I, I don't know, you know, maybe, maybe not. And then I thought about it more and I said, yes, that's, that's what I would like to do. If it's, if it's possible, if it's something I could eat around it. And, um, I, I live in the Midwest, so it's very, there aren't a lot of options where I've, where it's not necessarily a, um, established thing. Like if you're in, if you're in, on the coast, like, um, LA or, or, um, New York, you'll, you know, there's many, many, many more options for that. Well, here it's a meat and potatoes type of place. And so, but then I thought about it and I was like, well, yes, that is my intention. If, if it's a choice, I, if it's an option and it's something I can stick to. And so then I, then I decided, well, I'll make the best, best choice I can with that every, every time that option came up. And so far, since I've made that resolution and set that intention and have made those choices, the, the option keeps presenting itself. And the only thing I need to do is say yes and allow, allow that to happen. And it's because I don't want to, ultimately, it's because I don't want to have that feeling associated with it. And there's many other reasons, obviously, that there's benefits to it, benefits to the environment, to, to animals, so on and so forth. But those are strong and I like those, but they hadn't been strong enough to remove it, but it's the feeling associated with it. And then you think about all the other things and they kind of just strengthen the case. Now, I'd like to take this example of, of doing this and, you know, it's, it's interesting because it's literally anything in your life. You can create the feeling you want by what you consume with your senses, what you take into your body and when, you say, when I say take into your body, reading, that's looking at something with your eyes and you're taking in information because everything is ultimately information if you look at your five senses. Everything's information that's tied to that. And so everything you consume, so everything you see, everything you hear, um, you know, every, everything you taste, you know, everything, everything you smell and feel, and so, po- and so much as possible. 
And if you start purifying that, I'm of the mind, and this is still an experiment on, on my part, but I'm, I'm seeing this as I reflect. I'm, I'm seeing this happen in my life, little by little, that you, you become, you start transforming in a certain way ba based on that, and options start showing up that will allow you to align for that intention. You know, there's another one recently. I'd, re I'd read an interesting book um, called American Cosmic, and one of the interesting things about that book is they had a, um, a story of a gentleman who basically he would channel information. And he, he had worked in the, um, the U.S. space program, and he basically would channel information and invent devices, basically. And then he had private companies as well and things like that. But it was, this is a whole interesting story if you're into that sort of thing. Um, in terms of, you know, extraterrestrial, extra-dimensional influences and way to, ways to kind of channel that knowledge and things like that. And he had this idea, which is corresponding with my own experience, in that the, the human being is an antenna. And this goes down to your, your DNA. The human being is an antenna that could tune into certain things. And if you have a certain purity, that you could, you could, you could tune into a greater degree and... and do these things. It's, it's like a clear, a clear signal and a clear receiver in order to do that without static. And one of the things he'd mentioned in there was coffee and say, well, you know, get ready. You know, I notice if I drink coffee, it'll disturb the signal. And so I was curious, you know, and as I hear these things, I always kind of try them out for myself. And I say, well, you know, is this true? Is it not? What will happen? And I kind of wanted to get rid of coffee because I had done some initiatic training in the past where they had recommended getting rid of coffee. And I had done it for a certain amount of time. I thought, well, you know, this, this is good. And I would do it and I would, I would get off it for a while. But then inevitably I would end up at a Starbucks, you know, socially or just out traveling. And then I would get like a white chocolate mocha or some, or, a, you know, like one of those nice little frappuccino drinks that are, that are fun to drink. And it was just loaded, you know, just a big, big frozen coffee. And I was like, ah, oh. and then I would kind of slip back into the daily coffee routine, you know, even if it was just one coffee a day. Well, he had this routine he mentioned in the book that like, well, get up in the morning, you know, drink a big, gla big glass of water and then walk out into the sunlight. And the idea being that the water would purify your cellular memory or flush, flush your cell cellular memory or what's happened before. And then the sunlight would revitalize you and then in a way reprogram you because the sun if you buy into that, that actually has, um, you know, it not only has restorative effects, but then also there's an information component as there is to, to everything. And so what was interesting in this way was that the, I, you know, I started doing this just one day and I was like, wow, that felt really, that felt really good. And I didn't have coffee. And in my morning routine, I had mentioned, well, I, I don't want coffee. I'll have tea. And I drank that, and I was like, oh, this feels nice. You know, it didn't seem to taste as good as the coffee to me, but I was like, well, but I like the benefits of being in a more purified state. Or I like the feeling associated better than the taste of the coffee. The feeling was stronger than the pull of the taste. And that's ultimately when you want to, train, want to try to train, um, change habit, is you want to have a stronger magnet. So you want to have a stronger feeling than, than a, a, a previous experience or a, a stronger experience, a new experience than a previous old experience. And so, and that new experience should be a desired behavior that you, it is in line with your intentions. And so what was interesting about that is I, 
I started thinking, well, what would I drink with with, brec with breakfast then? You know, it, you know, the the tea doesn't taste as good to me, and I do enjoy tea to t from time to time, but it wasn't as enjoyable. And so what I what ended up happening was, like the next morning, I had, um, you know, within my environment, a smoothie maker ended up showing up and smoothies every day, which hadn't really. It hadn't really been a part of that. You know, it hadn't been a part of my experience. Years ago it had been, but then it had dropped off. And now every morning it's, you know, it's kind of dropped off a bit now that it's been colder. I've been kind of going back to tea. But every morning now, every morning I had a smoothie that tasted really good. It tasted better than coffee. And by the way, I replaced my, um, my breakfast with the smoothie. And so something better came into my life that was, that was older. And so my point I'm getting to with this is that if you use the two the two brains in this way, and ultimately the third when you establish the habit, it's literally you could start tailoring your experience. And this is where you become better than your body, better than your environment, and better than time. Because you look at something and say, okay, what am I consuming? Is, first off, what is my intention for a, a given amount of time? okay, is this information I'm consuming? When I say information, I mean any of the five senses because ultimately they're all, in their raw form, are all information. So in my sensory experience, what am I consuming? Is what I'm consuming consistent with my intention? And this goes down to the smallest of choices. Every single choice has has a repercussion, even the smallest choice. And so literally every time you're presented with a choice and every time you take an action, ideally it would be good to step out, out of yourself and say, and ask, the, ask yourself that question. And in a more useful way, perhaps, especially, so the intention is the directional thing or where the ship's heading, if you're a ship and you're the captain of your own ship. But the feeling is the strong carrot, in my experience, in that if you don't want to... And so another interesting aside is that I had a strong um, yoga practice for a time within my, my own being. Um, and I would, I would do these and I practice yoga with a group. And during that time, I underwent a significant transformation. I mean, it was, it was amazing. I dropped, you know, um, several waist sizes, like w within days. It was, it was, um, I mean, it was almost a little scary starting off. I had felt better. My diet had gotten very, very purified. Well, and it was interesting. I had, um, after like months of this, something came into my influence that I really like, you know, I'm like, well, I really have a taste for a big, like, <laughs> kind of like pub meal. I was like, well, I have a, a you know, burger, fries, this, that, and the other. And I did it. And man, I felt horrible that next day. Like I, or even like, I think within like 20 minutes, I felt horrible. Like it was just, my body felt all sluggish. It was like rebelling. And I was like, well, I don't want that feeling again. And I haven't done it since. And this is true for anything. I've noticed certain things I read that it brings about certain changes in my environment. And I'm like, you know, I don't like that, fe I don't like that feeling. And so this is the thing. And so look at, so set the intention Ask yourself at a microcosmic level every little decision you make. And do what you can. If you can't do it with everyone starting off, that's okay. Because you, you'll start with one or two as you remember. And then, but then think about how you feel. And so that's the ultimate thing. When the choice presents itself or the action presents itself, step outside yourself and say, well, is this in line with my intention? And then also, how will this make me feel? And do I want to feel this way? Is it worth, is it worth, um, the, the feeling associated with that.
And so this is, you know, this is really interesting. But try the experiment and see see how it works out. You know, we'll we'll be in this together, and uh, and it's a constant refining process over time. But as you start feeling better and you start going in a direction that makes you happy and joyous, you'll these other things will fall away, and more and more the new things will come, and they become automatic. And again, tying this back to the three brains, the executive function or the neocortex that's setting your intention. And it's saying, I want the ship to go in this direction and ultimately head towards this, this light. Then the, the limbic or chemical brain produces the feeling. And then so it's like, okay, if I know I take this action, I'm going to have this feeling. Is it good or bad? Is it consistent with the intention? You do, you have that feeling. And then that's your, your doing when you take that action. And then finally, the the third part or the cerebellum, that's the doing it over and over again. And when you do it over and over again, it becomes part of that autonomic nervous system or automatic nervous system where you it's basically just like breathing that's the choice you're going to make and that's the decision the choice won't even show up in your life it'll just keep the thing will start showing up in front of you in whatever way that um that happens for you and so you know and it shows up in a a multitude of 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 ways but it depends on what channels are appropriate for you in that way but what you'll start noticing it over over time and then it becomes a it doesn't become a decision it becomes part of your regular experience and your body will change as a result of that happening over and over and over again and then the new the new thing can um you know, then you could focus your attention on another point of refinement or purification now this sounds like it could be um Ornerous or kind of austere or what would they call that? Like ascetic, if you think about an ascetic monk. That isn't what this is because when you practice that sort of thing of like sacrifice and doing that, and that has its place at times if you want to undergo, if you're trying to drive a certain transformation, but it shouldn't feel like that. Like you shouldn't feel like you're sacrificing anything. You might feel a pull from your body trying to say, I want the feeling associated with that old thing. But ultimately, when you do the new thing and you reflect on the response that happened or the feeling or the and it might take, you know, it might take a day or, you know, a few hours, depending on the information you're consuming or food or whatever, which is, again, ultimately all information. You're, but if you if you look at cause and effect and say, well, how does this make how did that make me feel? It ultimately it should make you feel better than the the pull of the old thing. And then as you do that more and more and more, it'll it'll do that. So um, so anyway, if you you know if you go about doing this, I'm interested in your experience because I'm kind of doing this on on my own, and you know others within my environment are start to do it as they see results in in me, and they may ask questions, you know, and and. I'll mention, or they just sort of follow follow along sometimes. But ultimately, I'm I don't really talk with people about this. And so, if you're, you know, if this is of interest to you, and you decide to do that, you know, if you're on Anchor, you know, go ahead and just leave me a um, a voicemail, or just shoot something at my website if you want. And just you know, let me know how it's doing, or if you have any questions. So, um, until next time, I hope you enjoyed this, and I look forward to hearing your results. A brief note of clarification concerning the last segment. Um, last time I talked about, I made the statement about the about learning being to the neocortex, what feeling is to to the limbic brain. Now this is true, but I wanted to clarify a step further, in that if you think about it, learning is to the brain, what feeling is to the body. And if you consider the the limbic system being the chemical 
producing the chemical that influences the body. Both statements are true, but this is a bit simpler. And so if you think about it, that's why experience has to drop in or knowledge has to drop into experience. And so you learn something, you learn something, and then that's your, that's your, you basically your theoretical understanding. And so you, you may study philosophy or some theory or read how to do something. And so that's the thing that goes in your brain, specifically your neocortex or the frontal lobe, executive function. And then next, the corresponding experience shows up, which brings the, the feeling, or the feeling drives the experience, which then results in the, in the feeling. And so, so basically, what's happening there is by consuming certain types of information or studying certain things, what's going to happen is you're going to drive a certain experience which will allow for a certain feeling in your body. And so in that way, you not only learn it in your head, but you know it in your body. And so this is kind of to it, I believe, what they refer to when there's knowing things in your head and your heart. And so you may know it in your head, but if you don't feel it in your heart, you haven't quite integrated the lesson yet. And so the idea is you need to know it in your, your head and heart or your, your brain and your body, basically. And so that's, um, that's what we meant by that. What is coherence? Coherence can be thought of as an alignment or synchronization of functions and elements. And so within ourselves, you could think of first as coherence between, I guess you could say coherence of mind is one aspect. So we talked about the three parts of the brain, the neocortex, the limbic brain, and the cerebellum. Now, Initially, those three elements very well may be acting in an unsynchronized way. And so this is what they mean by a house divided against itself, and that your brain elements are misaligned, so to speak. And so they're working at odds in that way. And so we talked about intentions before. And so this may be, say, with your thought, your neocortex, you would say, I set this intention. But then the doing in the limbic brain is you're taking an action that is against that. And so we can go back to my example of, of um, diet from the previous segment, where if I set the intention to remove meat from my diet, but then when presented with meal choices, I choose the one with meat, that's, that's at odds of itself. And so in that way, an interesting part of coherence is power, in that if, you, if, if elements are working together and coherently, they're aligned and synchronized, and you're getting more power from that. And so that energy is conserved, and it's combined, and then it's, it's provided towards a, 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 better out, a better output. So in that way, say for the example of my thought is to, to um, not consume meat or to have a, a non-meat diet, and when I'm presented with that choice, I make the choice not eating meat, then that's the first time it's done. Now, the third brain, that's where the cerebellum comes in. So the, ch- the opportunity to pick up even more power within your own being is to, say, set the thought of doing it, make the choice with your second brain, and then with your third brain, allow that choice to be automatic, and then it just keeps happening over and over time. And so before, when you were spending your time considering the decision, now that bandwidth is freed up. You're actually you're free to go on and actually 
focus on something else. And so that focus is a gaining of power. The time you're spent making decisions is a, a you're picking up more power. And then that automatic nature allows it to happen. And so if you think about this, you know this to be true. Because if you think about like breathing and heart rate, imagine if you had to actually think about your breathing all the time and think about your heart rate. Now, I know you could do this in meditative practices, but my perspective on that is that it's it, you unless you're doing a specific action there or to bring about a specific result, generally what you're doing in that way, if you're focusing on breathing or heart rate, is that you're trying to bypass the analytical mind and get to the subconscious. So, so coherence, if you look at those two elements, it's a synchronization and, and an alignment, basically, that allows you to pick up more power. Now, we talked about that in the brain. The brain's the starting point in, in that way. And you align the three parts of the brain, have them all working in concert. Then all of a sudden, things start happening in your life, and they start happening, happening quickly. Your intentions, your experiences align with your intentions, and then these experiences and your intentions become automatic in your life. And so you've already taken a step that things are happening in a way that, you, that you've intended. And so then you could set new intentions and grow even further in that way. Now, another step is as your brain's coherently operating, then you could link coherently with your heart and you have head-heart coherence. And this may actually be before the brain, now that I consider it, because that's the work I've done first. And now I'm doing the, what I would consider the, the coherency of the three brains. But earlier on, probably this last year, I would say, 2019, I did a lot of the head-heart head, coherence. And probably even a bit before that, but I didn't realize, you know, a couple years before that, that that's what I was doing. But I think a lot of the meditative work was happening with that, besides opening up the chakras and, and um, aligning head and heart. But this, again, ties in very closely with the intentions and then the feeling. And so within your, within your heart, that's where your emotive power resides or your, your, um, your, your drive. And so if you think about one, you know, one is kind of like the steering wheel. And, then the, and so that's the brain putting the directional thing. And then your emotional aspect is, or, the fuel, or maybe the, I would say the gas or the fuel that would drive the car is the is the heart. And so if you did, again, this is an opportunity for more power because if your head and heart are aligned and synchronized and they're beating at the same frequency, then what's happening is you're going to, it's an opportunity to pick up more power and to make things more automatic. And then all of a sudden your bandwidth is freed up to do other things and these things are happening automatic. And so what was once an effort for you to keep doing over and over and kind of like, if you think about it like turning a wheel and you have a wheel a stone wheel with a um, with a, a handle on the side, and I suppose it doesn't have to be so, slow. But I'm trying to or stone. But I'm trying to put the analogy of something slow and heavy to start. And that first revolution of the wheel is slow and heavy, and it takes a great amount of exertion to turn the wheel once. But then you turn it twice, three times, four times, and the more the more you turn that, the faster it's going to start spinning, and then eventually it's going to start t- turning of its own its own volition, volition. And as the auctions become automatic, it just keeps turning and turning and turning and turning. And you no longer have to think, think about them. Now I think about in some of the previous um, material I've studied, they talk about the fires of the head, head of the heart. And they say when the fires of the head and heart um, are combined, things are made manifest. 
And I believe this is referring to this idea of coherence, this idea of that when all, when all the cylinders of an engine are firing in tune, then that's, that's when you're moving, fo- that you're, you're firing on all cylinders, that's when you're, you're moving forward quickly and things are happening. When you're misfiring, if you've had a car, um, you know, recently I, I had a vehicle, this is interesting, I just thought about this when I was, as I'm doing this podcast, but recently the vehicle I had was misfiring, it had a, a cylinder that was, um, that was off. And it, um, it, it didn't, I was able, I stayed able to drive the car and I really didn't know what the problem was because it just happened right after I had fueled up. And all of a sudden, like the car just got really boggy and it was really, it just, it would kind of like sputter and it was just very, it kind of had a weakness to it, but it would still go. And then it, sometimes if it would go up hills, it would start getting to the point where I was like, gosh, is it going to make it up the hill? And it was really odd because the car, the vehicle had never done that before. And what happened was this, this started, um, this, this started happening and I wasn't really sure what the problem was. And I tried fuel additive because I, I had that happen on a previous vehicle where I used fuel, after I fueled up, this happened when I was on a road trip and I fueled up and I got fuel additive and then it cleared the issue up. But with this time it didn't happen that way. Like it didn't, the fuel additive did nothing. And so this was interesting. Well, then I came across somebody and they told me, you know, they said, I I've actually have experience with these type of vehicles. Have you considered, you know, it very well could be, you know, I told him, well, I thought I, I might need a tune up or something. He said, well, it's been my experience that you, you could have a misfiring cylinder, you know, or a coil. And I, I considered, I said, okay, well, I'll, I'll take that into consideration. Well, I had taken it in to get repaired. And sure enough, that's what it was. It was a misfiring c- c- um, cylinder. And it was a very inexpensive repair. Um, you know, I was, I was grateful for this individual telling me this because it saved me a lot of time and time and effort and, and money, obviously. And what happened was that when it got repaired, the vehicle started running stronger than ever. Like it was faster. It, it, it was more power. It ran more powerfully. And so this is the power of coherence. Initially, the engine was incoherent, and because of that, it still ran, but it was still, it was kind of misfiring, and it was boggy. But then once it was optimized, what started happening was everything was firing in alignment, and all the functions could just, you know, they were operating normally, but then other, you know, other things could be happening. And it was the same with my mind. Once that, once that problem with my car was resolved then all of a sudden I didn't think about it anymore. It wasn't like if I went to go anywhere, I'd be like, well, is the car going to break down? Do I need to go take it in to get repaired? What's going to happen? And it literally had just freed up my bandwidth to think of anything else. And it's not like I was thinking about it a lot, but it was in the back of my mind. And it was something that I would, um, you know, it wasn't a major concern, but it was just something that had, it was taking up bandwidth. But now that, that went away. And so, so in lies the same opportunity with you. And, and now this is interesting because it brings me back to another point. I remember learning that the, when issues show up in your life, so if you have a problem with your car or, say, if you're home or the, the, the material things in your life, if they show signs of disrepair, that's a good indication of something within yourself that may need, uh, that may need work. And it's interesting that just prior to that, I had, um, I'm, now that I think back, I wonder if that was the issue of coherence at the time, that I, I wasn't aware of coherence and I was, I was misfiring in some way, um, potentially in the head and heart of the brain. I would say the head and heart, I had done an extensive amount of work, so that was probably aligned. 
But then the three parts of the brain, I had recently just come across this. And as I'm, as I'm teaching you this information, this is something I learned. And so I'm beginning to understand perhaps that's why that issue in, that, in the vehicle showed up. And then as I came across this information of, of coherence, it's kind of, it kind of, that experience paved the way for me to, um, to know that. So you have power in that, in that way. And the more you align and synchronize the elements within your own body, you can align yourself in a coherent manner and allow that to allow that to, um, to to basically to gain power and efficiency within your own system. Now coherence, I believe goes all the way up and down with, so we'll start by within yourself. So if you think of it, a micro microcosmic level, There's, so we talked about the three parts of the brain being synchronized and coherent. We talked about the coherence of the head and the heart. Now, therein lies my experience at this point. However, I have come across information where coherence can occur throughout your entire body. And so this goes all the way down to the cellular level and that at a very cellular level, you could have coherence among all your cells. And then obviously those, those cells will, you know, com- are comprised of, you know, make an organ basically. And then, you know, various levels between there, but without getting an in-depth biology, we'll just say for simplicity, cells, organs, you know, body. And so if you think about this, if you have power in the synchronization of your, your head and heart or more power than you would have if you weren't synchronized, what could happen is your head and heart are aligned and then you begin to manifest experiences faster. And now as I reflect upon this, this is the idea that the head is the intention and the heart is the feel of that intention. Now the feel corresponds to time. So think about this. Time is comprised of rhythm and your heart beats to a certain rhythm. So in a way you could, you can control this, this timing of manifestation through your, your heartbeat or your rhythm. And this is where, if you look at like esoteric techniques, a lot of them are based on controlling your, your rate of breathing and your, your pulse and things of that nature. And literally what you're doing is you're changing your rhythm and allowing that rhythm to match your, your intention. And so coherence has to do with rhythm in that, in that way. You're aligning your head and, the, and your heart. Now your three brains are the same way. There's coherence in that way and that you're actually... You're, you're, um, you're looking at frequency there, which again is tied to rhythm and your rhythm and frequency are essentially, um, synonymous, but the three parts of your brain, you look at, there's different, um, different, different types and different speeds of brainwaves, depending on the, um, where you're at, whether you're in your conscious mind, your subconscious, or, you know, your, your analytical mind. And there's and varying that frequency is a way of actually accessing those um, those various parts of your mind. Now, if you think about that, if you've picked up power by your head and your heart, and then your three brains, well, how much power would you actually have at your disposal if every cell in your body was was coherent and synchronized to the one objective, to one single objective? Now, this is a point I believe well well beyond the average human 
evolution or perhaps even possible within this plane of existence at this time. I, I don't know. This isn't within my realm of experience. It's just something that has, has shown up for me in, 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 an, in an interesting way. Um, right now I'm busy enough with the, the, the three brains, so to speak, but, but it's just something to consider as a possibility. If you think about all aspects of it. So think about an intention. You have this one intention and that one intention, if everything, if your, if your mind was acting whole towards that intention, if your emotions were backing up that intention and if your physical experience all backed up your, that intention. And imagine if you, lo- if you were operating at 100% efficiency, what that would look like. And an interesting movie comes to mind, if, you, if you've come across it. Um, I believe it was called Lucy. And in that movie, they showed very, the various parts of the brain coming on, online. Like it started out very, very low or average. And I, I can't remember what the average, they say like the average brain is like 7 or 10% people use. And so there's a lot of potential. But... As more parts of the brain were coming online, Lucy was evolving over time and was and morphing and these different things were happening. And I believe that's the way it works. It works through actually accessing the various parts of your brain. But then also, if you think about the, the heart, the ancient Egyptians would talk about the intelligence of the heart and that there's been recent studies. If you look at like the HeartMath Institute, HeartMath Institute where they talk about that there's um, neurons in the heart. And so... There's the actual there. And that's what you're doing when you're aligning your head and heart and coherence is that you're aligning those those neurons to one another and allowing them to communicate between the two. You're turning you're essentially turning them on and and connecting the two and then aligning the, that connection and synchronizing it. And so you're basically you're making an initial connection, kind of like you're connecting um, like if you connected a computer to another computer and then there's some optimization that happens there. And as the more you optimize or achieve coherence, the, the, the faster and the more powerful it's going to become because there's less wasted and inefficient resources. And then, again, that goes through the three parts of your brain, but then also throughout your body, too. You know, there's um, likely the other organs have coherence that could be achieved and then at a cellular level. And so just imagine that possibility if every single cell within your body was actually operating in a coherent matter, like what that would mean. And perhaps this is where the, the superhuman aspect comes in and the abilities. Now, beyond that, there's a couple different types of coherence as I know it to be. There's, there's internal coherence, which we've already talked about, and coherence within yourself, the head and the heart, the three brains, cellular coherence. But then there's also external coherence. Now, if internal coherence means alignment and synchronization, which means harmony as well, External coherence means the same thing, but it means with your environment. And so this is what it means when there's to be um, be at equilibrium with your environment and harmony. And this is true when you found that you actually experience things that... So say you're in an environment that you're very harmonious with and you're in tune with your environment and everything's good. You feel better. You, you, you feel more energized. Things are great. Now, if you're in an environment that you're out of sync with, it's very, it could be very difficult and challenging. Now, this is the part two where we talked about earlier being better than your environment. But again, this takes time, this takes time to learn and to, to understand. But we'll just say for now, your default way of being, if you're in, a, if you're in an environment that's, that's aligned with you and you're aligned to that environment, you have much greater power and efficiency. If you're in an environment that's out of tune with you and that you're, or if you're out of tune with your environment, 
it's it's much more it's much more difficult and challenging because you're allocating your your bandwidth, your intention, and your attention, and your energy with that actual with trying to overcome the environment, and it's it and it can be very very challenging. But if you're in a state of coherence with your environment, what happens is you'll you gain more more power in that way, and that you're you're actually. Um, you're you're aligned with that environment, and you're you have all those the resources that environment you're aligned with, or they're aligned with you, and there's a, a bi-directional alignment, and so it's almost like the same as with having the power within yourself, but then having being able to draw upon the power of your environment too at will, and and connect and and draw upon that, and in a way you could see that with the power of the internet, and so you know in the beginning with the internet it was very kind of um, very kind of clunky, and so you would have to be very techy to access it and to do things. The user interface was very, you know, very difficult and cumbersome to use unless you innately understood such things and were wired for it. But it was, it wasn't what it's like today. And now you, now it's nice because literally there's these nice UIs, user interfaces built. And there's, I mean, just like a podcast now, it's a very simple thing to do is that you, you just do the recording and then it, then the tool takes care of the, you know, you can just turn on the tool and then when you're done, it'll, it'll broadcast them to all these various sources. And so I no longer have to spend my time and energy to do such things. And so, and so it's the same. And, and that's because there's a coherent, there's coherence involved in that. There's a harmony with it. And that I, you know, like in doing this podcast, I've aligned myself to that tool and to, to doing that and by the way it was a it was it was a tool that was congruent with with my state of being and so it was easier for me to align with that and the way it operates and so and by doing that there's a mutual benefit there there's a benefit of i get something that's ready made and i get something that allows me to to have a you know, to do something like a podcast. And it also does all the work of distribution for me. And I don't have to think about that. And then in return, they get another user and somebody um, promoting their tool, basically, and actually having use, which I've mentioned before, I, I use the podcasting tool Anchor just to make it um, make it relevant. And if you're, you're curious. And it's it's very interesting, but the same analogy could be used to your to, to anything in your environment. First, you know, you, f- you have that environment that has a certain, you know, that you feel congruent with and that is congruent with you. And then you align with that environment and, and become coherent with it. And then it allows, it allows for that growth to happen at an exponential rate. And so this could be known as um, external coherence. And so in the beginning, you're doing an amount of internal coherence, especially if you're trying to align with a coherent environment. You're going to, you'll, you'll have to have a certain degree of coherence within yourself first before you can connect and do it. And I mentioned earlier in an earlier segment, the or earlier episode, I believe it was episode two, superhuman synchronization, but I talked about a show called Ascension Keepers. And I remember within that show, William Henry talked about the, the idea of there being a, if you think about pure spirit being poured from a pitcher and the pitcher pouring into you. And so this is what happens when you feel inspired and you feel a certain energetic, if you're in tune with your energy and you could feel and taste your energy, if you've reached that point, 
you'll understand what I'm talking about and you'll feel a certain feeling come over your body. And it's there. You just have to be aware of it if you're, if you're not in touch with this yet. And you, you will over time, especially if you listen to things like this and do the work. It's just a matter of time and, and learning and experience. And what happens is the pitcher of spirit is poured. And we'll just say for now, I'll say it from on high, but we'll just say from a more evolved, coherent source, whatever that source is. And it is received within you as a receptacle, a receptacle of spirit. Now, what happens in that way is in order for you to connect with that pitcher, there was this idea of the pitcher having a high degree of purity and it will not connect with sources that are impure. And so if the pure, if you're impure and there's different degrees from my understanding that if you're, you know, depending on what you're trying to connect with and to, um, to, to work with that basically because what will happen is you'll contaminate the, the pitcher that it's being poured from and the source and then that contamination will run throughout the system. And so if you think about it like a water system, that's my understanding of it, is that if, if, if you have contaminated water, the first thing you want to do is shut off that, shut off that water from the, from the source or anything. If it's circulating within, a, say, a closed-loop system, and you'll shut that off, isolate it, and then purify it. And then as it becomes purified, it could join the larger, the larger whole. And it was when I first heard this on Ascension Keepers, it really kind of blew my mind because I was thinking that's really interesting because there's this idea, too, of like oil and vinegar, where if you if you've heard of, um, you know, different different things, where oil and vinegar don't don't work well together, like one will repel the other. And and you could see this in practice, too. Like if you see um, environments that are pure and impure, they attract and repel certain things. And so if you have a, a high degree of cleanliness and say purity people that are, or people or others, or, or even elements or energies that are impure will have a hard time. They can't, they can't reside there. They like, it'll just, it'll push them away and you'll repel those things just, just as a um, repellent magnetic force. But conversely, it's the same, the same thing. You'll attract others of that and they'll be more receptive to your, to your environment and same with the energies and, and elements. Now, it's the same, too. If you're very impure, you're going to repel the purity and you're going to attract more of the impurity. And the more that you do that, the more it's going to, it, the magnet's going to get stronger. And it's the same with your personal, with the purity. The more purity you have, it's going to get stronger within you and then it's going to grow. Now, it allows you to connect with to other sources. And so it'll allow that pitcher to pour into you and to allow that to, to have access to that because you're connected. And then it opens up further and further, um, further, further spheres. And, and this may have been, now that I think about this more, this may be what's referred to as well as the, the expanding your ring pass knot. And so if you think about the, the ring pass knot is that you have a certain sphere of influence within yourself. And it, it may be small in the beginning, but then as your, your purity grows, the ring grows larger and larger and larger and it encompasses more and you have access to more because you're, you're allowed access to more, so to speak, Where, wherever this comes from, whether it's the, the sentient multiverse or if there's you know, guardians of such places. But in, it depends on your, your tradition or vantage point of this. But, but in essence, it's the same. It works the same throughout and you'll, you'll notice this. And, so, and this has to do, as I talk through this, with, with coherence. 
and that this idea of there being a um, a coherent a coherent a coherence within yourself, but then coherence within your environment, and you have that intrinsic coherence you work on in the beginning, and as your intrinsic coherence increases and aligns, then your external then you you're ready for external coherence and can work on the harmony. Now, one doesn't you don't start working on one. You're not going to say, well, I'm not going to have harmony with my environment until I finish my internal coherence. It doesn't work that way. It's like the two are sort of they're they're sort of working at the same time in parallel as everything else is in the present moment it it must be now that i consider that further it had there's not really a before and after it's all sort of it's all sort of now so it would it would have to, it would have to be that way and so the work the work happens and by the way when you do the internal coherence the intrinsic coherence your outer environment's going to change your your body's going to change your experiences are going to change and these experiences are going to become more automatic over over time as as you go you go through that and then you're going to attract different people and experiences the other thing that's interesting too is if you look at this purity aspect what's happening too is if you have don't have a degree of coherence prior to even if you try to connect up to that and you do it for a time it's going to be too much for you and so in a way it's too pure you're going to feel your energy might feel off or you might feel um, nausea or, you know, it just might, you're not ready. And it's almost like you, there has to be a um, acclimation to it. It's almost like jumping into a pool. And if you're, you know, if you, um, I mean, sometimes, I guess with that analogy, it may not be perfect because I, I like to jump into a cold pool right away just to kind of get it over with and know. But these are forces that are too, um, too powerful and too tight, you know, just, you know, it's like overloading a circuit with too much electricity. It takes time to, to, to grow your circuit and to, to, to expand it. But if you walk in that pool over time, gradually, and over time, you won't really notice it. And you'll just, you know, it, you, you normalize to the temperature and it's the same, it's the same thing to this. And so wherever, wherever your intention is wanting to take it, you establish coherence in alignment with that intention and that coherence allows you to to um, to influence your environment, and then also to to achieve harmony within that environment. And then you'll have that that external coherence. Another interesting thing to consider in terms of coherence is coherence in your environment. So, I recently had an experience where I entered an environment that was highly incoherent. And this was virtually, which was even more interesting. It took me, it took me off, off guard. And it was literally entering a, a group of individual, a virtual group, where the energy within the group was highly incoherent. Now, if you think of coherence as a structuring, structuring and synchronized and aligned incoherency is the opposite of that it's chaotic it's unstructured it's unaligned and what's interesting about this is this may come to the point where there's a choice that's made there's always there's these things if you read in the various spiritual traditions they talk about the the choice and this is you know some people call this positive polarity negative polarity um there, it's you know the the upper chakras, the lower chakras, the the um, 
you know, in the, the old um, Hindu text, I believe it was called between the war, war between North and South. And there's, there's a, a number of, you'll find it all over the place. And I believe this, something to do with it is being structured and unstructured, coherent and incoherent. And one place is very, um, very coherent, structured, aligned, uh, very, um, I guess, neat and orderly. And then the other, and pure. And then the other place is very impure and structured, very chaotic. And as you go down a path, you'll, you'll get more and you'll get acclimated. It's like stepping into the pool we talked about in the last segment walking into the pool, you'll get used to it over time and you'll do that. And so, so perhaps that's where the decision comes in. You have to decide, well, where, you know, which, which do I, where do I feel at home and, and what, you know, where, where do I want to be? And it was interesting because I believe a lot of the work I do has probably been, or majority would be geared towards that coherency, even though I didn't realize it at the time. I'm, I'm understanding now, um, you know, they say given time, all you'll understand all. And this is kind of what's happening now as I understand things have, that have happened, you know, a year to a few years ago and work I've done. I'm like, oh, that's why I was doing that. And this is why this was happening. And so it was, it was interesting. But I had gone into this, into this environment, this virtual environment, and literally within moments of, um, of wa- walking in that environment, I, my energy dropped like significantly, like I could feel it. Like it was literally, if you, if you think of the seven chakras and the, the, the upper, upper chakras, you know, heart and higher are more of a higher frequency. And then the, the, the lower ones, more the, the solar plexus down to the root are more of a lower vibration. It was like, literally, if you looked at that being a thermostat, my thermostat was very high, say at the crown and it dropped down to, literally down to the root in moments. And like literally all these things started happening in my, my environment. Like all, you know, the, um, you know, we have um, pet cats. So they started going wild, like in bra- breaking stuff. And, you know, and um, another, you know, when another one of our cats that's more mature and calm, he you know, he, he threw up. It was like, it was really weird. It all happened within very, very soon after me entering this environment. And I started, you know, and I thought, well, maybe this is a coincidence. I, maybe I'm, I'm making too much of this. And it was literally like a, um, I, I don't know how to, but the longer I stayed in it, the more of this stuff was starting to happen and the worse I felt. And so eventually I, cu- I got out, like literally I left the group, I, you know, uninstalled, literally I went to the extremes, I just wanted whatever was happening to stop. And so, you know, I, I literally left, left the group, you know, got out of my account, like uninstalled the app. I was like, whatever I had to do to kind of close that, close that, um, that thing off, I, I wanted to do that. And then also the symbol, the symbology was um, in the group, which I didn't realize prior to walking in was, was, um, was, was an, was an inversion. Basically it was the, the idea of, um, you know, if you think about it, you know, an inverted five pointed star would tilt it to the left. That's the, you know, symbol of inversion. And so that's another part of that too, is that you have the idea being that in, in a pure sense, you have intentions that appear with the creator and aligned, and I guess you could say coherent with the creator, if you look at it that way, that there's this idea that you can create, and human beings are given this gift, that you can, you can create with intentionality. 
but then there's the there's a other force that's opposite to that and it inverts and it um corrupts and what happens in that way is um you basically these forces cannot create on their own they they have to they can only invert the creation and so if you give them a blank piece of paper my my understanding of this is that they could create nothing there's no there's no creation there what whatsoever but they could take what's created and and um and corrupt it basically and and this is where you'll see and this is if you don't recognize this at first um you you will over time because it's you know it's it's prevalent and so one of the things say with the symbology is that you'll have the um you know the five-pointed star that represents the five the five elements and the five elements of creation but then it's it's inverted and then instead of going right which would be the the um you know, a, a right, say, a, a right-hand path of creation or purity, it would be a left-handed, you know, left-handed inversion, basically, and be the opposite of creation and, and corrupting creation. And so what was interesting about this is I'd understood those concepts prior to intellectually. And it was fascinating because I would know, I would know these things and I'd say, okay, I know this. And so I know if, even if you know of such things and you do this, you know, perhaps if you study such things, spend limited, limited, you know, times there or whatever. And it, you know, it's interesting to kind of get the lay of the land of your environment. And as they say, all things are of the creator. And so you, you know, you try to look at it from a non-judgmental or kind of open perspective. Now, what was interesting of this, and so I know where I want to spend my time and what I want to cultivate myself. And try, so I try to spend the majority of my time in, I would say the creative, um, pure pursuits but every now and then you know more i would consider i don't know dark would be the right word but just maybe chaotic energies would be a bit more interesting or just kind of mm, i don't know if appealing is the right word but it was almost like trying a different food so to speak and that if you you know you just kind of it's that thing i mentioned about purity over time it gets to be too much and you go you know you may stray from that now what's interesting is I had this experience where I walked in or I, I entered this group and literally it just hit me. Like my enter, my frequency dropped like a thermostat. It plunged. And then things in my environment started happening very fast. And again, it wasn't like, say, a tornado hit, but it was kind of close because there was a lot of emotions, you know, in my household there, you know, there was kind of like, you know, I mean, things were breaking and, you know, crying because it was like, well, this, the sentimental thing broke. And, and, um, you know, we have the, these kittens that are about, I don't know if they're about eight months old now or so, but they're less than a year, but they're normally, they have a lot of energy, but they're not very destructive, but they were all destructive. Like they were breaking things. And I was like, what is, you know, what is happening? And it went through like a whirlwind. And then literally, um, like I mentioned, the other cat got really sick and then I felt really sick myself and like disoriented and off. And then literally when I cut, when I cut that off, I felt immediately better, but I wasn't restored back to normal. Well, this is also what I mentioned in an earlier segment, there was some back pain associated, you know, I, I all of a sudden got some back pain with this and I was like, what, what's happening here? And I, I was like, why is this showing up? And this is where the thing I learned about the being better in your body and things like that. And I was able to overcome it, but now learning more of this, as I know, I was gaining this experience through the three brains. 
the first brain was my intention. I had joined this intention. And it was interesting because when I first joined this group, I didn't notice the, the symbol or the logo associated with the group. And I know this sounds odd, but literally, I don't know if something in my brain had like, my filter had shut it out or something and I was meant to have the experience. But it was really odd because it isn't a group I would have, I would have joined because I really don't, I don't have an interest of spending my time and collective energy and, and that's not my preference in that area. But literally when I saw the symbol, immediately upon joining, I saw the symbol and my energy dropped and then all these things happened. And it was fascinating because I don't know, you know, literally all these things started happening. Well, immediately I knew after kind of I disconnected because at first I thought, well, this can't be because it's a game, you know, like it, it's a, you know, as a group of people, I'm like, how could this, you know, this can't be true. And it, how could it happen so fast? Like, why would it, why would this, um, why would this happen? And I was like, and so my mind was telling me, no, that can't, that can't be true. But my gut feeling was telling me, get out, don't, don't do this. And so what ended up happening was I, I got out and then I started feeling better. And then I had a dream the next morning saying, raise your frequency. And so I started doing practices that I knew, which were higher vibrational practices, healing, practicing, reading texts that were of a higher vibration, so on and so forth. Well, when I started doing this, I started feeling immediately better. Like everything, and then everything started writing itself. Like, you know, the house became more orderly. Everything, the, the energy was pure. All of these things started happening. I was like, okay, we're, we're back now. And it was interesting, but since now learning this, since understanding this part about coherency now as I talk through this, what's really fascinating is, is what happened was I had a degree of coherency and I entered a highly incoherent environment. So I entered an environment or a frequency that was opposite of myself. And it knocked, it literally knocked me out of coherence. And so what happened was, if coherence is everything operating in aligned and synchronized manner, all, all cylinders firing optimally, incoherency is the opposite again. And so what happened is I was, I had this degree of coherency, walked in and then was kind of knocked, knocked off my, I, I was knocked out of alignment and there ends my back, right? The, the back, back pain, perfect example of that. The spine was misaligned, which if you think of the spine aligned with, with the chakras on the spine, this is an interesting thing. And so now, and these experiences happen too, because they allow you to reinforce your intention and align to that intention. So if you look at that intention, I was like, well, why, what experience do I want to have? Do I want to have the experience of being coherent and structured and ordered and having that power and strength that resides from that? Or do I want to spend my time in chaos? And what happened was I, I just decided, I was like, well, no, I, I don't want to spend my, you know. And so even though, regardless of the group, it changed my exploration of topics and reading. Now I understand. I'm like, okay, if I look at the five senses it's, as things that are pulled in with my, within my very being, stop, you know, stop reading other things that are low vibrational low vibrational things and this that uh, that are a result of incoherency or that result in incoherency and before i didn't understand that relationship behind it because there were more there were more things with dogma right and I, the dogma wasn't really making sense to me compared to what i was seeing but what i can relate to is the way i feel and experience relating to aligning with the with the theoretical knowledge and philosophy and so it all boils down to 
what experience do I choose to have and what, what, um, how do I want to feel generally? And you can go to, inco- you could experience incoherency and things of this nature, but you should do it in knowing in that if you know it, it's a trade-off, right? You can go and do that, but then it's kind of like, well, but do I want to experience this? Do I want to have this? So next time, if I, now next time I'll have a more, probably a higher awareness before I join, especially a virtual group now. I didn't under, I guess it makes sense. I mean, if, if everything's energetic and virtual at its core anyway, or, or even formless at its core, then of course it would, you know, it, it doesn't matter if you're in the room or not, but it just, it happens so quickly and, and it was doing that. And so anyway, this is, and so if you think about, um, if you think about coherency and incoherency as a, as music, the music in a coherent manner is like a symphony, a beautiful symphony playing that's perfect, that has a, a, a resonance that, you know, is aligned with the, the, the creator and nature. And the incoherency is music that just feels inherently wrong. You know, the one, the one music gets, makes you feel sort of a elevated state, bliss and joy and, and so on and so forth. And you feel like all is right in the world. And the other feel make you, may make you feel angry and aggressive and, and boy. And so one is like attuned to boiling water. And then the other is more of just a, a calm, a calm sea. And I'm not saying necessarily one is right or wrong because they, they're all, it just depends on what you, what your intention is and where you want to be and what you want to experience. And, and perhaps it's not the same throughout your life. I, I don't know, but I, I know myself, this is, you know, this is, I'm, I'm trending towards this idea of coherency and this idea of doing that because the benefits are, you know, there's the, there's the, the thinking, you know, a structured and ordered mind allows for more and faster and rapid learning. But then also the feeling and the experience is much more, I would say, congruent with um, with my intention of where I want to go. And then also, that's what you're perpetuating in the world. You know what? You know what are you? What is your intention to to build in the world? Basically, based on based on your own being, not by changing others, but by by your own being. And so, if you look at this, everything you're involved in and everything you're doing, I'm starting to see whether that's the books you read, the, the media you consume, such as movies or music, and the, just the people you, you interact with, ever, ever, whatever, have a degree of incoherence, coherence or incoherence. And in a way you become, if you enter one that's stronger than you are, you become entrained to that. It'll have an energetic influence. And so for me, what would happen is if I would say, let's say I entered the room and I became very disoriented and it was kind of knocking me around and I was being turned energetically inside out. Now, let's say I made the decision or set the intention to say, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to stay in this room. I'm going to keep doing it. Because obviously the either one individual or the collective of individuals was stronger than my, my own energy, but the incoherency was stronger than the coherency. So it was taking the coherency of my system and making it incoherent. And I fundamentally felt I, I don't like this. Well, what, ha- what would happen is if I stayed there over time rather than leaving, I would become incoherent over time. And then I would do, I would, that would be the space I would live in. And again, that's a con- it's a conscious choice. This isn't a, you know, I'm, I'm 
it's not I'm not looking at this from a judgmental thing it's a from a it's more from a where and it may be different for you and for, different for other people but it depends on where you're wanting to go now the other thing that's interesting with this is that if you look at this from this perspective there's there's a degree of they say evolution is based on coherency if so if you look at like the spiritual perspectives of evolution it's this idea of greater coherency within the system and so greater greater coherency leads to higher evolution and this is part of what waddles talks about in the science of getting rich where he talks about how um you become bigger than your place and that you as you do something over and over and over again again the three parts of the brain the the um the the thought the experience of doing and then the repetition what happens is you'll gain new equipment in order to do bigger things once you've mastered that one that one thing and so you'll keep going and going and so in a way you're ascending up a spiral up a spiral of development and you could think of this as like a dna helix going up traveling up the dna helix and if you do this now they say that's the trend of evolution and what's required from that based on my understanding is a is a higher degree ever increasing degrees of structure and order and coherence now if you were to view if you come at it from that vantage point the opposite of that is actually incoherence and disorder. And again, this also, the other part about incoherence is that this is where disease comes from and illness is that when you're incoherent, that's where, your bot, that's where you're going to have the aches and pains and your back's going to go out of alignment and these other things are going to happen. But the higher degree of co- coherence you have, in a way you're elevating your frequency and you're, you're, you're increasing and your experience increase. And when you do that and you have a highly coherent system, you're no longer subject to these these um, these experiences that others may have that live in a state of incoherency. And so, so when you recognize the benefits of such, it would seem, I hate to use the word foolish, but that's kind of the way it feels to me. Because again, I'm, not, I'm trying not to, to comment this from a, a judgmental lens, but it just seems like, well, why would I want to do that? Or why would I want to experience that? Why would I not, to, why would I not want to just kind of make myself immune to such experiences? And then, and then see what's beyond that once you kind of traverse that and it becomes automatic that you no longer have to, um, to worry about these things or to, to take physical actions that will result in staving off these things that you just go, you just, um, you, you ascend and just allow this to, to happen and then see what's the next thing you could focus your attention on and then learn and, and learn basically and, and then learn experience and then, and then master over and over and over again, rather than going um, going backwards and living in that state of incoherency. And so, anyway, hopefully this this is clear. You know, I, I certainly help clarify it within myself. You know, but as you hear this, you know, this this idea between coherency and incoherency makes sense. And every action, every small choice, this is something that's extremely important. Every small choice makes you coherent or incoherent. And so. Everything you you eat, every small decision you make about what to consume, everything, all the books you read or magazines you read, all the media you consume, every little choice throughout that day. And this isn't something that, again, that you have to obsess over, but just consider every time you make the decision. Well, is this leading me to a higher degree of coherency or a lesser degree of coherency? And and what what does that, you know, what does that mean for me and how does that align for my intention? And so... 
And then is this what I'm wanting to perpetuate through my, through my sense of being? And then is this what I want to experience? And so in my instance, through the experience I had, it was interesting because like my body becoming incoherent and resulting in the, um, the misaligned spine, what ended up happening was it knocked me, I don't want to say it knocked me out for a few days because I continued doing things. Like I was still doing this podcast and I was still, I, I was still going about my action. But what happened was I slowed significantly. My frequency slowed. I felt more dense. I couldn't walk as fast. Like it was just, you know, um, I mean, I was, it was horrible because I, I kind of pulled myself out of it. But it just, it, I would have been operating much more optimally and faster if I didn't. And so what was lost was just efficiency in, in that way. And then I, in a way I had to backtrack too, because I had to go back to old techniques and old things that I knew that could raise my frequency because it knocked me down to such an extent. And I said, well, here, and I was kind of just brute forcing it. I'm like, all right, I'm going to do all these, you know, these practices and, um, you know, and these techniques to allow them to, to, um, pull myself out. And this is, you know, and it's what happened. And ultimately things were righted, but if I didn't, so, you know, there's fruit within everything and every cloud is a silver lining. And so having that experience allowed me to have this insight <clears throat> to tell you, to communicate this to you and also understand it within myself. And so that is the benefit and the blessing within this. But the downside is that basically it was an experience that, you know, I, I probably needed to have it because it re, it was probably the learning that needed to happen to reinforce the theoretical knowledge. And perhaps that's why my mind was shuttered off to the actual, the environment probably, because I should have been able to see it in hindsight. I was like, well, wait a minute, you know, things were, you know, the, the, the individuals were behaving incoherently and, and so on and so forth. And it just, it had that kind of vibe about it. But but, you know, it's that idea of, well, there's no harm in just kind of exploring something. Well, apparently there, there, there's harm, or at least there's delay in doing so, because you'll, you'll do that. Now, the next step with this is, again, if you look at the three brains, <clears throat> intention, I had, I had set the intention of joining this group. The doing, I had, I had actually done it, and the inten- but the intention alone didn't do it. I kind of felt something was off a little bit, but then I said, well, you're kind of being silly. But it wasn't until I took the action that the experience dropped in and the feeling happened. And then, and then the longer I stayed, chaos ensued in my environment. Now consider this, my third brain wasn't engaged at that point continuously. So by engaging my two brains at the time, it allowed the thing, the intention and the doing. And then that's what allowed that initial Thing of chaos to come in. Now, if I kept doing it over and over again, staying there and kept taking coherent, incoherent actions, that's what would allow all of a sudden it would just, everything would change. I would change, my environment would change. But then it's the opposite. If I take coherent actions over and over and over again, that's what's going to be created within, within my environment. And, and so it is with you. And so this is where mindful, mindfulness comes into play. You know, knowing if, if, so, if you see something in your environment and you take an action and you're in harmony and you're kind of in the flow and all's right in your world and then all of a sudden something knocks you, gets your attention like a ton of bricks, don't write it off. You know, actually look at that and analyze it and step outside yourself and say, well, what was that from? And, you, and even though your mind might tell you, now nah, you're being silly and superstitious. It's not, it's not true because you just 
see what happens and take the action. Like what, you know, what could, what could it, what could it hurt basically to, um, to do that. And so, um, so anyway, as always, I'd welcome any questions if you have anything on um, coherency or incoherency, or if you have anything from your own experience you want to share about it. I know th- such, talking through such things from my own experience here, I could tell you that that this it has a way of reinforcing the lesson and strengthening it within yourself. And so I, I highly encourage listeners to do that. If you want to send me an, an, a, an anchor voice message or contact me on my website.